Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. One, two, one, two. This is Roberto Flack. This is Garge Grill Boxing every Tuesday night, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. And I got to start off the show um, first and foremost uh, by saying rest in peace to Jose Fernandez, uh, the star pitcher for the Florida Marlins, who uh, lost his life tragically over the weekend in a boating accident. And, you know, obviously I'm from, I'm out of South Florida with the rest of the crew out of Philly. And, you know, this, excuse me, this hit, you know, close to home for me, obviously, and it was, uh, just a really a sad story, man. Um, you know, anybody that has never heard of Jose Fernandez, if you're not a baseball fan, I mean, just look, Google the guy and just read his story. And at 24 years old, man, and with a, a child on the way, you know, losing his life uh, is just, just crazy, man. It just shows you how precious life is, man. And, uh, you know, I just want to say my condolences to his entire family. Um, and the entire the entire Marlins staff, really, man, because you know, just watching yesterday the <clears throat> excuse me the the Mets game that was taking place down here, man, it was and it was the first game that took place uh, post <clears throat> the the you know the announcement of his death, and you know it was obviously you know real emotional, and uh, like I said, man, condolences to uh, his entire his entire family, you know the the Florida Marlins staff. Uh, what what could have been, you know, it, it's tragic. I mean, I, I made the comparison almost to, a, you know, relating to boxing, uh, like Salvador Sanchez at, at 23 years old, uh, beating Wilfredo Gomez, already beating uh, Danny uh, Little Red Lopez, and, and, and uh, just beating Azuma Nelson, and at 23 years old, just like, you know, losing his life to a, a car accident. So I mean, uh, yeah, man, it, it's just it's just wild, man. So you know, I just want to start the show just saying rest in peace to Jose Fernandez and um, you know Godspeed, man. So on to boxing, man. So before we, before I uh, got on the show, man, I think Rod is uh, gonna join me in, in, in a little bit, and I know Bo's on vacation. Uh, a shout out to to the homie Bo in Chicago. Uh, I was we were starting we were gonna go on the show do our what if segment which is one that we were really looking forward to with uh, uh, Roberto Duran and Julio Cesar Chavez two greats that have never faced one another across the ring from each other so uh, but as how boxing usually goes man uh, we got hit with some major news from uh, not one but well really one official fight. And another fight that could be taking place in November that concerns um, the heavyweight division and another unification fight. But uh, we'll get to that uh, down the road, you know, down, as the show continues. But uh, I did want to cover real quick, man, the the fight that was over the weekend that I forgot to cover, which was Jorge Linares, uh, a guy that you know, was with Golden Boy and, and was being toted as the next Golden Boy. 
you know, and he had his fight uh, over the weekend, another unification fight at lightweight uh, versus Anthony Crolla, who was the WBA lightweight title. And I got to say, man, this was probably uh, the best performance Lenars had has had in quite some time, man. And, you know, I, I didn't see much of Crolla before, but I did go back and I saw some fights. And, you know, I, I think with Lenares, man, I mean, he, he did have, you know, a few setbacks, getting knocked out. Uh, DeMarco knocked him out. After, you know, being in, 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 you know, showing, you know, putting on a really good performance, but it was kind of like he, he, he would reach a certain limit and then, like, you know, these guys would just, like, you know, take advantage of him in the end of the fight. But he stayed poised. He was throwing really good combinations. Uh, Krola a couple of times got hurt and staggered. And I think um, for the lightweight division, man, uh, there, there, there's Flanagan that's there that, you know, that would be – uh, you know, that would be I, – I, he's a WBO champion, so that would be another unification fight. That would make sense. But for Lenares, man, I mean, that was, um, like I said, one of the better performances I've seen from him uh, as of late, man, because, again, he was a guy that was being toted really high. I mean, he came from, like, I think it was a like super, super random way and all the way up, and, you know, he ran into a roadblock with DeMarco, and, you know, he, he, had, he had a little bit of a bumpy road, but – just like with boxing, man. Like if there's just some some of these guys, man, that they could they just get their they get to you know their things together, and then they get an opportunity like he had going in, you know, to the home turf of Crowley, you know, and 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 mind you, man, the crowds there, man, the UK, man, I gotta say, man, in relation to the United States, yo, like these crowds in the UK are they really get up for for these fighters, man, because most American, I mean, I. Ninety-eight percent of Americans won't know who, or I should say, ninety-nine percent of Americans won't know who Anthony Crowley is. And you know, you go to the UK, man, and it's a, it was a big outing for for you know this fight, man. So I mean, salute to the UK fans, man, because they they're really keeping boxing like at a fever pitch in a sense. And you look at all the the champions that they have individually in different divisions. You know, Europe is, is killing it right now, man. So, um, but you can, uh, you may be able to find the the Lenares Crawler fight on um, on YouTube, or you know, I'm pretty sure you'll you know, <laughs> if you're savvy with the internet, I mean, you'll be able to find it. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> props to uh, Lenares. He's now the WBA. I think he's the lineal now lightweight champion, and I believe the WBC champion. And you already know how this goes with <laughs> the belts, man. So uh, on to some news that broke today, man. I mean, I got to talk about it. This is a fight that a, a lot of us were hoping would happen. We were hearing about it, I think, is uh, like dating back to like December, man. Vasily Lomachenko and Nicholas Walters will be facing off November 26th in Las Vegas, presumably for um, uh, Lomachenko's WBO title. I believe he has the WBO 130 title. And look, man, this was a fight, like I said, we were looking forward to. There was talks about uh, Walters uh, didn't like the money he was being given and so forth. But this is a hell of a fight at 130 pounds, man. And, you know, the, the axe man, as they call him, uh, you know, Nicholas Walters is, you know, noted for really demolishing Nonito Donaire. And, and, you know, at the same time, I mean, Walters was a big guy <laughs> uh, going into that fight against Donaire. But, I mean, he is a guy who, 
well, he was at featherweight, I mean, and he really didn't have a long stint there. Then he had a fight at 135 against Sosa, and Sosa, I, I mean, that fight, I mean, it was a draw, but it, you really didn't see the power from Walters up there, and then I think it was probably a little premature for him to go to 135. Now, I did see some pictures online, man, and I don't know if they were Photoshopped or not, but I hope they were Photoshopped, man, because it looked like Walters had, was walking around like 150-some-odd pounds, man, maybe a little bit, um, a little bit more than that, but... Yeah, I mean we'll we'll uh we'll be keeping our eye on that one, man, because we're already heading into October, man. Then that's uh, November twenty sixth. Wow, but hell of a fight, man. And, and for and for for uh, Vasily Lomachenko, I mean, look, man, like he's I, I, he's I don't think he's even reached his tenth fight yet, and he's already in line to fight a guy who look, man, could be one of the most dangerous guys. I mean, probably. I mean, you would. I mean, you could argue this is the most dangerous fight he's ever had, man. I mean, because people will say Salido and so forth, but I mean, like, that was like his third professional fight, I think, and, and, and he was just getting used to that type of pace. And, and look, a loss is a loss, and he accepts it and everything, but I mean, I think <laughs> um, whether you think Lomachenko wins this or not, I mean, like, uh, Nicholas Walters is a big dude in relation to, you know, what he's fought. He does come off like a tall fighter. I don't know why I thought he was like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, but he's only like 5'7". Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not that big of a guy. And Lomachenko, we've already seen. Now, mind you, Rocky Martinez isn't like uh, necessarily the cream of the crop at 130 maybe. So, uh, but he disposed of him. Um, what, in like four or five rounds, and it was just uh, manhandling. This is going to be an interesting fight, man, and I think for Lomachenko, it's it's an opportunity for him to say, you know what, like, I, I, I'm ready to get put on that pound-for-pound pound list. And then with Nicholas Walters, man, once again, similar to, to Donaire, and I even go as, as crazy as, as it may sound for a guy that doesn't even have 10 fights, I think if Nicholas Walters goes in there and, and he disposes of Lomachenko, or he's able to beat him, I mean, that's a notch on, on Nicholas Walters, man, and, and, and you really got to consider him as one of the top guys uh, in boxing. But, um, you know, like like they always say, man, you're only as good as your last fight, and, and again, like, Nicholas Walters didn't look that great in his last fight. So, you know, we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to see how uh, this plays out, but it is official. I mean, there's really no rumors. I mean, it is announced November 26th. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, man. I mean, so, like, <laughs> uh, there's another uh, fight that actually, you know, to segue into the other news that kind of hit out of nowhere today. Well, well, really not today, but we were kind of hearing rumblings about it. But, like, naturally, with boxing, you don't – you take headlines with a grain of salt. But we've been hearing the, these rumors about uh, a potential Vladimir Klitschko, Anthony Joshua fight. Now, some of you are probably asking, like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about Anthony, you know, or Tyson Fury? Well, Tyson Fury apparently is uh, medically not cleared to fight, as uh, you know, he's been having some mental issues, so they say. And there's word now that he may be stripped of his titles. Now, to my understanding, he has the WBA title, and I believe the WBO title. So he would be stripped, 
I'm presuming of the WBA title. And that fight, um, which, you know, with Klitschko, where he was lined up to, you know, fight for that title, instead Anthony Joshua, potentially. And according to Eddie Hearn, they're saying that they are close to a deal. And this means that not, you know, uh, this means that, you know, a fight wouldn't take place in October in, in the fight that Anthony Joshua would have on um on they on that same date and he would be fighting of Vladimir Klitschko instead. Now I get a lot of people saying, Yeah, right, this is just smoke and mirrors, you know, they're gonna come up with a reason why, you know, they should wait for this fight till next year. And look, man, I'm I'm kind of like fifty two, forty eight leaning, maybe that that could be the case, but Eddie Hearn, man he already put Kell Brook in there against Triple G in a, where a lot of us were just like scratching our heads. Like, are you serious? Here he is again getting, um, mind you, who his fighter, who is the IBF champion, won it over Chris Martin. In, 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 you know, in, ironically, uh, after Tyson Fury, you know, vacated the title when, you know, he didn't fight the mandatory, that became the fight. So some would say, like, you know, Anthony Joshua is a paper champion. I've seen people say that. But um, this is, see, I think it's a smart move on Eddie Hearn. And hear me out. You know, Vladimir Klitschko is coming off of this Tyson Fury fight where he did not look good at all. Now, some would say, well, you know what, he's going to have a, a pro, you know a point to prove now. But... That would be more of the case, I would, you know, I would think for a younger fighter more so than someone like Klitschko who has has had the title for how many years, uh, really has nothing else to prove, while you had somebody like Anthony Joshua who some would say like is probably not ready for the big stage. I mean, I'm always of the of the tip of no risk, no reward, man, and. I think if they get their numbers correct as far as, you know, how, what people are going to be earning and so forth, I mean, I say take the risk. You know, I don't think I, – I, I think this whole undefeated type of situation – him, like, Anthony Joshua losing to Vladimir Klitschko is not um, going to set him back very far. It's just not because he – you know, certain guys – you know, or yeah, you know, I could see like if if he were to lose to like you know, no disrespect, but like to Bermain Stevern or a fight of that caliber, then you have to start questioning. All right, well, how good is Anthony Joshua? But if he could get in there and, and beat Vladimir, Vladimir Klitschko, man, like you're you're already you're already at the top of the game, and I would say you, I I would put him over Wilder because that would that that would trump any win that Wilder's ever had. You know, so if I. I mean, Eddie Herman might be the most ballsy promoter right now in boxing uh, as it relates to, like, the opportunity he's giving some of his fighters. Because, look, even some putting Eubank Jr. in there against Golovkin, that, if that fight happened, that's a risky fight for Eubank Jr., man. Like, I, that would, that'd be like a, a 15 to 1 odds for, for like, for, for Triple G. You know, so um, we'll see how that materializes. But, yeah, man, I mean, that's going to be – if they if they can if they can put that together, and that becomes a reality, man, wow, <laughs> that'll that'll be 
insanity, man, insanity. Um, I think we got um, I think we got uh, ROD coming on the line in a second, but um, yo, yo, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. I must be getting like, I literally must be jumping from like forty to ninety. I, I don't, I don't get it, man. I'm like going to sleep at eight thirty, man, and then I get these texts from you, like, you know, you up, and I'm like, oh my goodness, man. So I apologize. No, all good, man. All good, man. Like, uh, I was, uh, you know, when we started this, when I started the show, I didn't have, uh, really, all we really had planned was like, you know, covering the Lonars qualify, which mm-hmm. I just did, mm-hmm. and you know, that was a, that was a, a really good fight, um. And then we got the word today. We put, mm-hmm. you know, I already posted posted the Instagram up about, um, you know, Vasily Lomachenko and Nicholas Walters. I mean, I'll let you mm-hmm. speak on it real quick, but I mean, um, wow, man, that came out of nowhere. I mean, I heard, I, I kind of heard about it a couple of days ago, but out of sight, out of mind. You know, it's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But then I heard, I saw the headline today, like, not a rumor. It's going down. It's signed. I'm like, yo craziness what do you think of the fight yeah you know what every you know everybody knows that i always wanted people that thought that lomacheco and we had him on our pound for pound list which we have to update you know very very soon um this is ride or die by the way in regard to girl boxing um that basically he was one of these people man sort of like an andre wardish type of dude and what i mean by that is you know, just good skills, you know, had a great pedigree, you know, just very underrated to the public. And I think his coming out notice was his last fight. I think the diehards knew about him. And by the time we had rated, ranked him in December um, with well of, of, of Roman um, Gonzalez, everybody was like, who? What? And now everybody's like, oh. And now, you know, since you know he has, I mean, and granted, let's 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 keep it a bean. Let's keep it real. He still has under like what twelve professional fights. I don't think he even has ten. Right. If so I'm not mistaken, you, yeah. Right. He doesn't have ten. So because when he fought um, uh, Gary Russell, he had only two fights. Yeah, he yeah. had two fights. So when you think about it, here's a guy comes in as a loaded gun. What do I mean by that? He's like um. A uh, white man can't jump. You know, you go, you go to the park, you try to hustle, hustle the guy, and you wind up getting hustled by the hustler. You know what I mean? And that that is the thing about um, Lomachenko. You know, he's one of these guys where you look at his record and you're like, dang, it's going to be a victory. You know, we want this is going to be easy takings. And then you mess around, you like, crap, I just stepped in with the Grand Wizard. You know, because, you know, here's a guy that has like over 300 amateur fights, been successful at him. He just hadn't really had that much activity when it comes to being a pro. Now, under 10 fights, again, we still in the same situation. He's fighting another name. Man, he's doing, listen, his career already is better. You ready for this? If his career already name-wise and people being their prime might be just as good as Canelo. <laughs> 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 I mean, look, man, he's fighting people in their prime, man. And, and uh, you know, again, he's fighting Walters. So 
it's a great fight, man. I mean, we know I was watching uh, Nonito Donaire and Walters today, man, and I was just like, wow, man, you know, he came on the scene, man, you know, he was knocking people out. The wooden X was 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 there, and we like, wow, man, this guy is, is a nightmare, man. Donaire giving you his take on him, like, man, this guy is hits, you know, pretty, you know, pretty effing hard, you know, so. This is a great fight, man. This is going to be a good fan favorite fight. And this is a good treat, man, for us, man, as we sit here. And, and you know, unfortunately, you know, Tyson Fury is dealing with his, you know, you know, mental disorders. And, um, and, and I don't say that jokingly. He really is, you know, and, and mental disorders are nothing to, to play around with. So we're like, dang, you know, what are we going to do to replace that? Well, you know, you got two pieces of good information if you're a boxing fan today, and one piece of good information if you're an MMA fan. So there's going to be some stuff to tune into fourth quarter, and this is just one of the things that um is a treat, man, and um, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm just happy to hear it, man. I don't want to give any predictions soon because, mm-hmm. I mean, I already know how it's going to go, but, you know, I just, I'm just happy for the fight, man, because yeah. there was going to be a time that we was just going to sit here and be like, Dad, well, should we just go back and watch – um you know, Foreman and Lyle again from 1973. You know, so we you know, we go back and just watch that again and just put that on repeat or, you know, watch Ray Leonard and Hagler and just, you know, just, you know, just mellow out for the rest of the, uh, you know, rest of the uh, fall but in the winter. But this is great, man. So shout out to them guys for making it happen. Well, I mean, you had mentioned one thing I was going to ask you next. I mean, to segue, uh, you know, Tyson Fury is out. You know, he he he, you know, is medically uh, cleared not to for he's not medically cleared to fight you know obviously going through you know having some mental issues and looks like he's going to be stripped of his titles and in steps anthony joshua you know where like with you know like i was saying before he got on like in a lot of cases we we're like yeah okay you know blah 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 blah, blah talk talk and you know maybe in a couple of years but eddie hearn man we're just coming off of him, um, what many people thought was crazy for him to put Eubank Jr. in there with him, in steps Kell Brook, and he gets the fight. So we're like, yo, man, like, the fighter obviously makes the decision, but, I mean, Eddie Hearn isn't holding these guys back. So now Anthony Joshua's here, and I was saying before he got on, I'm like, you know what? I kind of like this move from Anthony Joshua's team and or Eddie Hearn if this is where the, the route that they're going because they're saying this could be potentially November 26th, the same day as Lomachenko Walters, where this fight would take place during the day, our time, and at night we would get that. Like, imagine, imagine, and that's like a Thanksgiving, like, boxing, like, pre-Christmas gift, man, if you think about it, because it, that's Thanksgiving weekend. So. They're saying that if they come to an agreement, and, and according to Eddie Hearn, and he said this before with the, with, um, now I don't want to say that Josh Anthony Joshua was going to pull a move like the Eubanks did last minute. Then again, you never know. But they're saying they're really close to a deal, and that fight could take place November twenty sixth, which is the date that. Joshua already has a fight on, but he would obviously get step aside money. And they got a fight in the UK, presumably, which would be crazy because I mean that's something that number one unexpected, 
But the reason I was saying before that I think is probably it's a ballsy move, but at the same time probably a smart move on their end because it is an opportunity for if Joshua. All right, let me ask you this, or I'm saying this: Joshua beating Klitschko trumps any win that any current heavyweight has right now, as far as like not named Tyson Fury. Like, would you consider that win over anything Wilder's done? I mean, at this point in time, all right, so let me answer your question yes and no um, before I get into my reason. (sighs) Name-wise, yes, he's the bigger name. Um. Again, the reason why we were here with Tyson Fury is because, yes, Tyson Fury beat somebody for years that didn't have, that didn't um, lose in a while. But we all looked at it and said, well, what the heck just happened? Did Klitschko get old, like, overnight? Mm-hmm. So that's where I kind of say no because, you know, you look at Anthony Joshua, you know, he's a lot of things. You know, again, he, you know, there's a lot to be proven about him, but when you look at him, you're like, okay, automatically people are like, oh, he's going to beat Klitschko, just mainly because of his last fight. And you just figure he may not knock him out, but just his activity alone will probably will probably be enough to beat him. Um, and I'm just going by what happened at Tyson Fury fight because, I mean, as we're talking about, you know, things being, um, you know, kind of, you know, not right with Tyson Fury, you know, you know, God bless him outside of the ring. It looked like some things just wasn't quite synced with him, with 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 Vladimir, you know, inside the ring. Like, he just wasn't himself. So, name-wise, I would give him credit. But I don't know. It's almost like, you know, um, how somebody said, oh, man, he knocked out Beanie Siegel. But, like, Beanie Siegel got one lung. Like, yeah. you can't get credit for that. Like, he's 41 years old. Like. You don't get credit for that. This is the beans we knew, like the bully. You know, he was still out in the streets, and he was, man, this guy would get touched already. But, like, you, you you just don't get credit for stuff like that. And I think that that's the same thing here is that, you know, yes, it's a great fight, you know. And honestly, when you look at it, it'll probably be better than any of them other dudes he fought because the only fight that really we get wilder credit for that was really a good fight was that Stavern fight. And I still think that there were people, including, you know, Sleep and, and, and Train, that were picking him to get knocked out by Stavern. And he pretty much had his way with him. You know, so um, I'm going to say yes, name-wise, just for, the, for, just for the fact that he has a dominant heavyweight on there. And he might do it. He might beat him in a better fashion than Tyson Fury did. Right. If he beat right. Him. Because, yeah, right. Tyson Fury was sort of like, it was sort of like a wrestling match, you know? But, and which is why we were here with part two, which is why that rematch was going to happen ASAP. And it was like the second time. So not to take you around Jack's barn. Um, but, yeah, I would consider it pretty much significant because of the fact that, you know, again, it's just the name. but would he get credit for it in my book? No, because you got to look, you got to do the eye test and look at what Klitschko you're getting. Are you getting a Klitschko, you know, 
post Lamont Brewster, meaning, you know, after he has, he figured out his problems and, you know, he, he had those he had those energy problems and sugar problems and Emmanuel told him how to fight like, kind of tall and he was walking through people for like, you know, 10, you know, nine years straight. Are you getting that one? Well, we don't know yet, you know, and, and the reason why is because when he fought um, Tyson Fury, he just looked so awful last November that we were just like, what was this? So I don't know. Again, happy that we have another fight. You know, hopefully, you know, he, he could he could do something good, but, you know, we don't know, unfortunately, what Vladimir Kushko are getting. Are we getting the one? Are we getting the dominant one? Are we getting the one with that's kind of chinny? You know, that you know, did he go back to being chinny again? Or are we getting the one that was that was, you know, Roman Greco style wrestling, you know, with with Tyson Fury? <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, it is pretty significant to have that name on there. It really is. Yeah, I think for Joshua, I mean, I think the thing about him, you had made mention of it. It, I think in the sense of if he knocks Klitschko out, I mean, that would be the first knockout in, like, years. I I think it's Corey Sanders. And uh, for for Josh, right, exactly, rest in peace. And for him, man, I mean, it's kind of, you know, like in boxing in most cases, man, like the young lion fights the old bull and, and, and you know, you get the the notch over over the, you know, the old bull and, and so forth. So I, I would look at it like that kind of win. But on on top of the fact that Wilder and Joshua are both kind of like showtime fighters, and that would just set that up. I mean, because they're already targeting that fight. I think that will kind of do a, a, an elimination status in a sense to, like, further promote that fight for next year, which I think should be at the helm at the end of the year, if not sooner, you know, because while there's another one, like, I don't even know the deal with uh, if he's going to fight Povetkin and, you know, they get that over and done with and then they potentially go and fight Joshua. But, you know, I doubt that would happen. Uh, I just hope that situation, too, is is in the deal that we really have to wait, like, a long period of time for. but. We'll we'll kind of I guess we'll we'll touch down on that when 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 we get any final word. But one thing I wanted to talk about before we get on to um, the what if segment is um, our, our 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 favorite old Danny Garcia. <laughs> um, an article an article came out on boxing scene today, right? Where Eddie Hearn apparently was approached about one of his welterweight stock of guys. And according to him, there was a fighter by the name of Sam Eggington, <clears throat> who, mind you, wasn't ranked in the top 10 at welterweight. And, you know, Eddie Hearn pretty much put it out there that they lowballed him something like uh, $125,000 for the fight. And, um, and, then, and, we're, and now we're reading that this John Molina fight may or may not happen. You know, so, you know, you've got to start, we got to, I mean, I don't want to make this like a bashing of Danny Garcia, man, because it's like, you know, I, I'm one, I'm somebody that has wanted to see him do good, but I think they're hitting a point, man, where like, I think even the most jaded fans are becoming like, yo, like, what is going on with this guy right now? 
And <laughs> we're like I said, I mean, we don't even know this John Molina fight is going to happen now. And if he doesn't fight this year, because look, man, they're saying his return was like October 29th, October 15th. And we're already, like, we're already hitting October. Like, when is this planning to happen? You know, and we're already hearing, um, you know, if nobody's read the article about the PBC and the dates that are, like, not available for the rest of the year, man, um, you really got to start to question, like, what is going on with Danny Garcia, man? Like, I, I, it's really crazy that somebody who's the WBC World Weight Champion and mind you, we could talk about how he won the title and who he fought, but uh, somebody of his stature, man, should not be fighting once a year. And it's almost seen, it's almost as if uh, they're kind of okay with this. You know what I'm saying? Did you want to interject? Or? Yeah, the Danny Garcia saga is, is ever okay. Evolving, and you would think when when we think of evolving, we think of evolution, we think of like things turning into something great. This thing is like reverse evolving, like it's it's diminishing. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what it's becoming. Um, and the reason why is because you know here's a guy we laughed at that for Eric Morales two times. We just like why we got to see the second fight? Like you you beat him already, and he's old. So you knock out Eric Morales, all right? By the way, who was giving him kind of much work between them, yeah. all right? You know, making him miss in his advanced age. You know, you you were losing a mere kind. You caught him with the Dracula punch. And, you know, then after that, you know, you, you, you fight, you fight, um, um, not Madonna, um, Matisse. Matisse. And we're sitting here like, wow, man, he did such a great job fighting him. But after this, man, like, you, you, you're, you like, having a draw with people, going to Puerto Rico, getting beat and not getting a decision. And then you're, like, carefully picking people, man. When we all know that you should be, you got the green strap. You should be out here, like, walking through these cats. So, again, you know, it's one of those things, man, where when we, when we, talk about Danny Garcia, you know, it's going to take the CIA and the FBI to really investigate his career and explain why this stuff is happening. Because I can't tell you, and I don't know why the Keith Thurmans of the world or, you know, anybody else is not being mentioned. You know, I, I just don't, man. I, and to be honest, I don't want to see Adrian Broner against him, nor I don't want to see Andre Berto. I don't want to see those types of fights. I want to see him Versus somebody else. So I don't know why this stuff is happening. And it's perplexing to me. Um, I, You know, I think it has something to do with, you can only buy what you're, you know, go by what you're given. And it has to do with probably some of the things that um, his father has said. Mm-hmm. When he was saying, well, why, why is Porter fighting Thurman? You know, we need to fight a person like Sokka. You know, so maybe, you know, once once somebody really shows you who they are, you kind of got to believe it. And I think they showed us who they are, unfortunately, man. And uh, it's a shame, man, because I'm always looking at his his grand page, his Instagram page. Looks like he's always trained, he's sharp. And it looks like he's almost like one of these people that's saving himself for marriage. Like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Like, what are you saving yourself for? 
you know, is there something big out here that you really want? Are you trying to cash out on one big fight? You know, because there's so many other people that you could fight and that, you know, that you're not even mentioning them. Just like you're going to different places and just finding these, you know, fighting these people. So I don't know what he's doing. Unfortunately, man, it's going to be, it's going to take, you know, a mathematician, you know, and a couple of CIA agents that work for the government to really figure out what's going on here because I don't have, the, I don't have the answers, Sway. I don't have them. <laughs> Shout out to Sway. Um, yeah, he's in a he's in a really bad position right now, and and I, and I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, I think when you look when you look at and we we've talked about this in other shows too, man. Like when you look at these fighters. And you look at, like, the payouts that they're getting for, like, a Rod Salka, who reportedly, like, uh, he made close to a million dollars, man. You know, so when you're getting that kind of money, man, and mind you, from, what you know, what we've been reading, and, and, and it's, nothing, it, it's nothing to poke Al Heyman about or anything like that, but look, the, the, the entire brand, as far as the fights being made and such, like, it doesn't seem like the money is there like it was maybe last year. That could be a reason, but at the same time, man, like, that is a part of the problem, man. Like, he should be fighting the Thurmans. He should be saying, look, Crawford want to fight? Let's fight. And he turned that fight down. You know, like, it's just ridiculous. Like, I, I think for Danny Garcia, man, like, he's not, he hasn't, like, Lucas Matisse is not, um, like, it's not that signature of a win. Like, I'm trying to compare, like, what type of win that is for a fighter. Like, um, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know. Some people would say, like, Floyd beating, like, uh, um, Corrales or something like that. Like, something, like, early on in your career where it was, like, a notch on your belt and then, like, you, you go to the next level. He hasn't gone to the next level. That's the thing. You know, and I had debate with people. Were like, I'm like, yo, like, his best win was like three and a half years ago, you know. And you look at the people that he's fought since; he's he's stumbled upon, like, stumbled over people that, like, quite honestly, he should have had dominant wins over. That would have just made him that much more of a must see guy, and and talk about putting him like on that pound for pound list. But like, yo, when you like barely, when in my opinion, lose to Mauricio Herrera, in my opinion, lose to Lamont Peterson. And, like, the Robert Guerrero outing wasn't, like, that great either. Like, what's there to, like, really put on top of the Matisse fight? So, reading this, man, like, and them trying to just get, like, a, a, a what I think it was, they were looking for another Rod Salka type of fight. No disrespect to him. You know, it's crazy that he's used as, like, like, like a punchline. But, like, that's the only way we can describe it because, I mean, that's what the, the Salka fight kind of was, man. It was, like, a gimme fight. They were looking for another gimme fight, which, quite honestly, is probably worse than the Berto fight. You know? So, man, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like we're not he, – he, he's the WBC champion. You're not in a position to say, you know, I want to fight a, a tune-up fight or what have you. You're not, you're not in retirement. You know, you're, you're, you're fighting. You know, even and even for somebody like Floyd who took a retirement and came out, like you know, granted people made a, a deal with Marquez, but that guy's still a friggin' a pound for pound guy, you know. So 
I don't know, man. Like, he doesn't have a lot of room left because you know how the sport goes, man. And we know we got this uh, – every division's got their little boogeyman. We know who the boogeyman is at 147. <laughs> Let's not get that twisted. And then we got, you know, we got Bud potentially coming up too. So it's like he's not a big guy to go to 154. So if he's going to do anything, man, we're going to know in the next year or so because he can't be going around – like fighting these type of guys and going around, you know, not fighting the Thurmans or whatever. So, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's just crazy, man. It's really crazy. I mean, maybe maybe the FBI will get a, they'll get a lead or something. <laughs> but um, I mean, I'll let you know. It, again, I told somebody. I said the worst thing that happened to boxing was this generation of, you know, what? Shout out to Corey. Corey, you know. I know it's kind of dry this week, but, it, you know, briefly touch on something. We can briefly jump on this. Corey blames this lack of champion inactivity. He blames it on Floyd. He blames, <clears throat> he blames Canelo inactivity as a champion, meaning not fighting, but just fighting the right people. He blames it on Floyd. He said Floyd was the gatekeeper for a lot of this stuff, you know. So, and I told Corey, I said, Floyd did do this, but one thing about Floyd that we all forget is that he fought some really big names, man, when he was younger. So it wasn't like he, you what I'm saying? It wasn't like he missed, his career was 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 kind of like misguided to to a point where he was like, okay, you know, we talk about that, that, um, you know, when Bo was there, when Bo was on the phone, shout out to Bo, where you walk down the street and you got to go, your mom tells you to go to the store and you got to go to Miss, you know, you got to go past Miss Jackie house and she got them two pit bulls. Mm-hmm. And you like, well, screw that. I'm going to just walk around the other way, <clears throat> walk around the block and, and still get to point A by walking down point Z and going right. around. And, I think a lot of the champions today are seeing that proverbial pit bull and they're walking around. Floyd has taken those steps. You know, obviously, when he was younger, <clears throat> with the uh, Chico Carrouses and the, and the Chickenito Hernandez and, you know, a couple other people, when he was younger, he took those steps. And maybe, you know, yes, he fought Baldemir for a dollar more. You know, he should have fought Margarito. And, you know, but when you look at it, you know, shout out to Miguel Cotto. I would say that Margarito is one of the reasons why Cotto never reached his full potential because he ruined him with, by having loaded gloves. You know what I mean? So, you know, he kind of looks fully looks smart there, you know, because who would have known what, what, what he would have walked into with that, you know? And I know there were people that gave him slack for that whole many thing. That's neither here or there. The point is that he wound up still fighting, you know, Manny, you know, I'll be it at a later time, but he wanted to still fighting him. And, you know, I, he wanted him fighting some pretty good names. It wasn't when we wanted it to, but he wanted to fighting him. And it was so crazy. Like, people picked him to lose against Shane Mosley. Shane Mosley had just fought Margarita. He was supposed <laughs> to fight Birdo. The earthquake happened. He wanted to fight Floyd. So people forget about that, you know, and, and he almost had Floyd up out of there. So at the end of the day, he fought Canelo. And everybody says, oh, it was that catch weight. Floyd barely came in, 147. So, 
um, you know, I'm just saying that he it wasn't like he walked around the block. So just this, I don't think that Floyd is the is the reason for this stuff happening. I think that if you look at it, it's a lot of management, and unfortunately, it's people. You know, it's the thinking, like um, Angel. You know, Mr. Angel Garcia. You know, great guy seems like, but when you put stuff out there in the atmosphere. You know, people can only go by that. So this is what we expect. You know, hey, he's not going to fight, you know, the, the Thermos of the World. He's not going to fight a Bud. You know, he's going to fight a Salka. And, you know, I think that these sanctioning belts need to really put pressure on Danny to say, hey, this guy's mandatory. You need to fight him. And until we get that, Danny's going to keep maneuvering and doing what he wants to do. And, and that's just the bottom line. And I don't, and, and again, I just, you know, I don't think it's really, you know, 49 and no that's, that's doing this, you know, but I do believe that people try to emulate that, but they forget as they're trying to emulate it that Floyd didn't walk past Miss Gladys' house a long time ago. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like he's had those walks to the store where he had to walk past those pit bulls. You know, I don't think, what was what was Danny what was Danny's most defining fight? Roberto. Oh, I'm sorry, no, it was the Matisse fight. Right, it was a Matisse fight. So um and was would you say that, that he was walking past those two pit bulls, proverbial pit bulls? Was he walking past them during the street or was it kinda like and it was like, you know, German Shepherd. Was it what he was you know, would you give him full credit for that fight? Yeah, I mean only because number one, you remember the punch that Matisse landed where his mouthpiece went to like the third row. I forgot I don't know how Danny even stood up for that punch, but the thing the thing with that fight was that I mean look, I picked Matisse and I was like, you know what? I was impressed with Danny. Like, he held his composure, or he kept his composure. He hung in there. I mean, Matisse's eye was messed up as it was. So, like, he took advantage of that. But that's the thing. That's, like, what I'm saying. Like, Floyd, I I think probably where Corey's coming from is, like, where these fighters now, and, like, you made mention of it, too, where they're trying to make the right business decisions for themselves, like Floyd is, but, like, he's earned the right to do that, where these guys haven't even done a fraction of what he's done. I mean, like, even before, you know, Corral, whether it's Corrales, Hernandez, Manfredi, uh, Castillo, I mean, yeah, Jose Luis Castillo, where he fought him twice. He fought him twice after that disputed fight, you know, where people were like, man, you lost that fight, and then he fought him, what, like, six months later, and he beat him. Then he goes to 140, and look, I'm a Cotto fan, and Cotto didn't want to go near Floyd at that point. And, you know, I think it was just, it was, you know, at 140, you know, when he became Money Mayweather, he, under, he, he understood the boxing business. And whether you're a, a hardcore Floyd fan or not, like, it's very hard to say, like, that he didn't pick and choose the fights at the right time. Not to say he didn't fight credible names, Cotto, Mosley these guys that were coming off of good wins. But, I mean, again, like, there is a little merit 
to the fact that, you know, he did fight them at certain points, whether it was this guy's fault or that guy's fault. is like that's up to everybody else to debate. But these guys today, and, you know, Danny's the one that's at the forefront right now because, like, Thurman is a guy that, like, whether you like the guy or not, he's saying, I want to fight. I don't want to fight on pay-per-view. I want to fight Danny Garcia on regular TV because I want all of you to watch it. That doesn't sound like a guy that's trying to, like, pussyfoot away from a fight. Now, granted, he's not saying that about Errol Spence, but, again, Errol Spence, to me, is like that dark horse that's just sitting there waiting for everything to not clear out, but people know he's there. But Danny has to fight one of these guys, man, particularly Thurman, because both guys are vulnerable fighters, It'll make for an exciting fight on TV. And, you know, mind you, um, NBC's on this tip where, like, you know, they got to discuss next year's fights, and they're on the tip that they're only wanting to put on, like, the bigger fights. That is one of them. So if I'm Danny, I'm like, don't even worry about a tune-up fight. Get in there with Thurman, man. He's Him tuning up against somebody else, man, it's like, you, you know, we're, we're going down this road again. These guys got to get in there and fight, man. And, and we can make examples of a bunch of guys that fought. Like, even when you look at De La Hoya, man, he fought what? I Corte, Obacar, and Tito Trinidad in a, in a freaking year. You know, like, who does that now? So, I don't know, man. Like, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what happens with, with, with that. But, I mean, I just wanted to make mention of that. Because, you know, he's been kind of, like, at the helm when it, when it concerns, like, you know, like, the, the state of, like, current, like, the new generation of fighters, man. And, and, when we, and, you know, there's some of these guys that we know, you know, it's not hard to tell which guys we know that are trying to be great. You know, and, you know, we never hear anything about them because we're just waiting to see who they're fighting next because they, they want to fight. You know, they're looking to fight. So... We'll we'll see, man. We'll see, man. But yo, I'll 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 let you take it away, man. To to um to uh you know end off the show with with uh the ever popular now what is segment that's been catching a lot of attention from whether it be Instagram and even even some of the forums and you know just a lot of you know the Twitter and so forth. Uh, th- these matchups, your shot to ROD. Um, I'll let you take it away, man. We got a very interesting one today a fight that again uh both guys were fighting at the same time but not at the same you know prime levels and and things of that nature but i'll let you take it away rod yeah so so thank you you know the the weather segment was was basically developed again by um you know guard your girls finest um you know, Roberto, you know, Coltrane, myself, just a brain trust. And, you know, I kind of just really just, you know, kind of man the ship, you know, every Tuesday. But, you know, we get we get the A-OK from our brain trust. And the reason why this fight is kind of significant is because there was a fight I had before this, and Roberto and Coltrane was like, man, throw that fight in the trash, you know. So we had to kind of, like, dig and, and find a fight that was, you know, pretty worthy of a what-if type of situation. And that fight had, had turned to no other than, you know, obviously one of the greatest, you know, fighters in the world. You know, he broke my heart. 
you know, in in the late in the early nineties, you know, as he as he beat Mildred Taylor, you know, and and I was so disappointed in that fight, um, for many reasons because I was younger and and two weeks before that, Tyson had just got beat by Douglas, so, you know, Mildred Taylor was supposed to, you know, everybody you know loved Mike Tyson, so Mildred Taylor was supposed to be kind of like, all right, you know, here's something that we could really, you know, could really help us you know, get over this Tyson thing, and, and he got beat. We were just like, oh, my goodness, are you serious? But we just knew that Chavez was the real deal. Then you got another guy that kind of broke our hearts, you know, with Bert Duran. You know, he broke not our hearts, but our parents' hearts. You know, and if you're watching boxing, you were like a, you know, really, really, really small kid. You know, he beat Sugar Ray Leonard, and, you know, he broke a lot of people's hearts. He's one of the four horsemen, so he's highly thought of. Here's a guy that, that, you know, we call it the proverbial bull shark. You know, we, when we use that term bull shark, here's a guy that maneuvered at different weight classes. You know, as you know, bull shark can go through salt and fresh water, and sometimes you find them in lakes, you know, and they're aggressive as all get up. You know, here's a guy who's, who's basically made his career at a lower weight class and winding up fighting in an upper weight class and still still pretty much a G. So we we kind of said, what if we take these two guys, put them together at, you know, we turn back the, the time, put them together like around that 147 type of range. Um, both of them action-packed pressure fighters. The, you know, remember Mr. T said in Rocky, he said, Cumberland, what's your prediction for this fight? And what did he say, Roberto? Pain, pain, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and this is this is exactly what I thought of, man. When these two guys fought, I said, man, they both getting hurt. So it's gonna be a lot of pain. It's gonna be a lot of blood. So I really put it out there. And when we look at the forum and we look at the thread, everybody's sitting there like, oh crap, I don't know. So. You know, there you have it, you know, 12 rounds. You know, we, we know that both of them have very great records, long-standing wins, very well-respected, be great champions, um, you know, knew how to take a punch, knew other things that they needed to do. But these guys had tremendous body pressure, uh, tremendous durability. Um, we didn't see really... I mean, we saw Chavez get beat by Pernell Whitaker. You know, that was considered a draw. Mm-hmm. But we saw him get beat by Frankie Randall, um, and we really didn't see him getting knocked out until he fought really Oscar De La Hoya. You know, with Roberto Duran, you know, yeah, he had some losses. Like, you know, he fought Leonard. He kind of quit because, you know, you see the hands of stones. You know, he kind of got the 200 pounds, that type of thing. and um you know, he fought Marvin Hagler kind of, you know, in a competitive fight. But, you know, we saw him fight Tommy Hearns, and, you know, Hearns was no no, no walking apartment. The guy had hard as a TV, you know, and, you know, he, he knocked him out. So it wasn't like he, these guys were getting beat by nobodies. You know, these guys got beat either later on in their careers or they got outclassed by some great people. You know, albeit, you know, Sweet Pea for Chavez, Hearns, Hagler, Leonard for Durant. So I'll pause 
there and ask you at 147, if, what if this fight happens, who would you take and why, Roberto? Yeah, this is one of those fights that, you know, when we talk about what, you know, whether you want to term dream fights or whatever, I mean, this is one I think seldom comes up, but, I mean, when you think of the style matchups, it's like, how could this not be a legendary fight, man? And for Chavez, what I'll say is we got to remember at best, I want to say, like, his his best years are maybe around 135, 140 pounds. You could argue. You could say the same thing for Roberto Duran. Roberto Duran, while he's noted for the Ray Leonard, for him beating the first guy to beat Ray Leonard and and, um, being, uh, you know, going, you know, the fights that he had with Hagler and so forth. I mean, like, he had a whole lightweight career. With granted one loss, and um, you know you avenged it, you know I think like a year later or a couple years later in the knockout. Some regard him, and and I would regard him likely as the greatest lightweight that ever lived. You know, and, and a lot of you know people people who are boxing fans or, or would consider themselves hardcore fans, you know, won't buy you know, by memory, know, like, some of the guys that he fought at light, at, at lightweight, you know what I mean? And, and, like, I got a chance to see some of those fights, like, early on, like Pedro Mendoza and, and some of these other fights, because, you know, they, they bring them out, you know, you end up seeing them. But him as a lightweight, man, what, I mean, it was a train wreck. He was a train wreck, you know, and, and not only that, but the guy, he could box, you know, um, just – the pace. I mean, a guy that you know, I mean, those guys could fight fifteen rounds, and if there were twenty rounds, they probably could fight twenty rounds. Um, and and again, this is me talking about him as a lightweight. When he went to welterweight, he I don't think he had a junior welterweight career. He went from one thirty five all the way to one forty seven, similar to what Kel Brook tried to do with, with Triple G, which makes it that more extraordinary that he went up and fought the best welterweight in the world in Ray Leonard, beat him, and then obviously, you know, he lost in the, in the Nomas fight. But he's one of the very few guys that's had, like, an up-and-down career where he lost to, like, Benitez. He got knocked out by, uh, by, by Tommy Hearns, and, and he had a tough fight with, with, with Marvin Hagler, who, who was, like, a, you know, a bigger guy than him. But then years later, he beats Iran Barkley, you know, who, who, who going in that fight, people were like, yo, man, like, <laughs> but yeah, he, he, he kind of did fight late into his career and so forth. But I mean, when you think about both guys in their primes, man, oof. I, I got to go with Roberto Duran. And the only reason is because he, at, at welterweight, he was still, I believe, an effective fighter. Or, or a more effective fighter than I think Julio Cesar Chavez would be. Like, if the fight were at 135 or 140 in their – that, man, it could really go either way, man, because I think Chavez sometimes gets harped on because of the fact that, like, he had such a big – um like, an 89-0 record, but, you know, half of those were, like, fighters that, like, nobody knew in Mexico. But, I mean, look, man, he beat Roger Mayweather – 
early in his career. Roger Mayweather wasn't a, was in no slouch. I mean, I thought he was better than Floyd Senior. You know, at lightweight, I mean, he, I, he, you know, Roger Mayweather was a. I mean, they they didn't call him the the Black Mamba for no reason, and you know, he 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 fought credible guys, man. Then look, you mentioned the the Meldrick Taylor fight, and Meldrick Taylor, he that fight was in his hands, and it, it's it's you know, again, it's one of those fights where we will 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 argue about it for years, and you know. And then you look at the Pernell Whitaker fight. I just think at welterweight, if I were to pick between both guys, I could put Duran in with other welterweights through time, and I would say, yeah, you know what? I think he could beat that guy. I think he could beat that guy. And I think in a fight between both of them, I think it might be a bloodbath. I just think Roberto Duran might be the stronger guy at 147. He might be the more effective guy and the pace. I think the pace... It's gonna be two. It's gonna be two trains. <laughs> I just think the stronger train is Roberto Duran in this case, and I think he wins it in a bloody twelve-round fight. I don't think either guy gets stopped in this fight. Yeah, and you know what? I, I pondered this as well. It's sort of like remember how Stephen King said that when he would make he would write stories that would scare himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was sort of like the same thing, man. Like when we like when we kind of like agreed on this, I kind of was like, "Oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me!" Like I can't even pick a clear winner because on on one avenue, I could see how Chavez could win, you know, because Chavez had more mobility. It seemed like, and I'm not saying, and, and people are going to take it the wrong way. Well, Roberto Duran had mobility, but it seemed like well, it seemed like Chavez had better to me ring. I, I, see, this, I'm just going to come out wrong, and maybe I'm wording it wrong, but it just seemed like his his pivoting abilities, not his boxing abilities, but his pivoting abilities. Like the way he um, would shuffle. Like, like exactly. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, go be better than Durant, which is why he was able, he never complained about people running from him because he was effectively able to cut off a ring. But... Then again, you're talking about one of the greatest lightweights ever, man, and then one of the four horsemen. And I know people give, you know, Chavez slack because he fought these taxi cab drivers, quote, unquote, but he put together a really good career. I mean, he beat Camacho. He beat Evan Rosario, man. He beat Evan Rosario, if everybody remember, you know, rest in peace. Well, Evan Rosario, man, was running through people. Mm -hmm. You know, he was running through people. You know, he beat a lot of great people, man. So, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to sit here and say um, the same thing you said. I think that I'm sorry. I think that Duran is going to is going to win the fight, but it's not going to be one of those fights. It's not going to be one of those fights where it's not going to be one of those fights where uh, you know we're sitting here and we're like, you know what, he's getting dogged out. He's getting dogged out. You know, it's one of those fights. We're sitting here, and we're like, you know what? Man, this was a competitive fight, man. So, um, and it's going to be bloody. Remember, we, we said pain. It's going to be bloody. Pain, yeah. It's going to be put. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be the type of fight where, you know, when you play a pickup basketball game, and you're like, man, how did I get this scratch in my arm? It's, you know, it's going to be a lot of whelps in the, you know, in the, in the kidney area, behind the back. It's going to be mm-hmm. all types of, Type of black and blue marks to people like what in the world is this? 
Well, when you so, look at the Meldrick, when you look at the Meldrick Taylor fight, I mean, look, Meldrick Taylor was winning that fight, but as as hard as shots that Meldrick Taylor was landing, Chavez never stopped. He never stopped trying to cut that ring off. And, and look, credit to Meldrick Taylor that he was able to land. I mean, he was landing nasty combinations and and, and fighting off the back foot. But at the, at a point, he was just starting to slug with them. And Chavez was that mentally tough, man, to like no. I got to take this fight into the 12th round, man. And that's another thing with this fight, too, man, with both of these guys, man. Their mental game, man. Like, people can say about the no mods fight, but, I mean, there's, there's more to that. And people can watch the movie and, and so forth. And, but do your research with that. And, like, again, it parlays into what I'm saying. When he went on to fight guys like Iran Barkley, and, yep. and, and, and even fighting Marvin Hagler, and, and that was a tough fight, man. Like people were like, "Man, you're crazy to fight Marvin Hagler," and, and mm-hmm. he did better. He did better than Tommy Hearns did. <laughs> Tell you that much. So, and it goes back what you were saying. See, that's, and that's exactly my point. He was a very durable, capable guy. Yeah. That when you when you think about when you think about the fact that his competition, his competition may be a little bit better than Chavez too, unfortunately. Well, um, yeah, that's, yeah. You know, and that's, never, that's really no excuse to Chavez because, you know, I remember we, shout out to um, Greg Haugen. Greg Haugen came on the scene because, you know, he's from Providence, Rhode Island, tough, tough, you know, you know, uh, blue-collar guy, fought Vinny Pazienza a couple times on NBC. I remember that was, my you know, one of my fewest introductions to boxing. And then, you know, I'll never forget, he went and told Chavez, man, I'm going to beat you, man. You've been fighting a bunch of cab drivers. And Chavez punished Greg Haugen, punished him, punished him to the point where he was like, man, do you still think I fight cab drivers? He's like, no, man, you, you, you're pretty much solid, you know. And um, <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. in the early 90s. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the point is that when he fought Mildred, he was taking some bombs. Mildred was busting his behind, man. Yeah, pop, man. Pop, pop, pop. Pivoting, pop, 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 pivoting, pop, 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 pop. But every time he was doing that, it was pop, 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 boom, body shot. Pop, 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 yeah. pop, boom, body shot, boom, left hook. Pop, 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 boom. Yo, wait a minute. Why is Mildred face swollen? You know, all these shots that he's landing and these castles are moving, mm-hmm. you know, we had him as a wide lead. But what do we know, man, this guy was sort of like, you know, landing these little digs that, you know, when it came, when, all of a sudden when it came out, he was just hurt. You know, he, 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 was, he was hurting. So I'm going back to say this. I, we understand Roberto put the better competition. We understand Chavez is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Matter of fact, he gets more credit, in my opinion, for his under, undefeated record than um, – at that point in time, for being what, what we said, fifty and zero, than 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 Floyd did because he was eighty seven and zero and one. So, yeah. you know, I want to give respect to that. But when you talk about just how unbelievable Duran was, man, Duran was unbelievable to the point that what you said, I had to tell Big Mike the other day how Iron Barkley wasn't no nut. Like everybody thinks about how Iron Barkley knocked out Tommy Hearns. Irene Barkley could fight, man. Mm-hmm. Irene the Blade Barkley could hold his hands. He could fight. 
Man, Durant at his old age bust Irene Barkley behind. <laughs> yep. yep. So, <laughs> so I'm telling you, man, he was, you know, Durant was special, man, minus the movie. So, again, this is going to be one of these fights, sort of like I think the prior and the prior and um, uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao fight that we had, that's kind of like going to be just action packed, and it might even be, it might even be around, it might even be a second fight. Oh, it might yeah. be a second fight. It might be a second fight, and that weigh in is going to be crazy. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that that that's the thing, man. I mean, that's that two rabid fan bases, um, and, and really Duran, man. Like, and both guys, like they had. It's kind of like what you're seeing with Triple G in a way where it, neither guy is American. But, like, the American fans got behind both of those guys individually, man. Like, and, and, and even even past, like, the whole Leonard thing, I mean, like, the, people were naturally fans of Roberto Duran. I mean, like, you didn't have to be Spanish to, like, be a fan of his. And, and it was the same thing with Chavez, man, that people were just fans of who you see. I mean, you, you as well. I mean, and, 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 and I, I mean, even me, man, like, I came up, like in the like as far as like somebody that 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 like was watching boxing and knew that Tuesday night fights was coming on and and so forth. I mean that's like like eighty eight, eighty seven. That's like my beginning stages. But like I knew Chavez from back then, man, and I already seen what he did. And and it's just crazy that, um, you know, again, like. Two of the legendary fighters, and it's like you 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 don't you think like at some point they would have fought because you know you always fight you always have like the you know the the the, the passing of the sports type of fights, but that was kind of a deal too where Chavez was still like a lightweight and you know Duran like he went all the way up to like what like super middleweight, and mm-hmm. which is crazy which is crazy in itself too man, but uh, yeah man yo this was this was a good one man because this was. Because when you think about both guys in their primes, man, and they could have met around like 147, 140, 147. I mean, that could have been a legendary fight, man. I mean, a fight that you know when we, were, you know, when we, when we think of boxing in general, I for, at least for me, when I think of boxing and like just the word boxing, like three or four fights come to my mind, and it's funny that Leonard Hagler is one. I mean, I'm sorry, Leonard Duran is one of them, the first one, mm-hmm. and. It's uh, you know, again, and Chavez is arguably, I mean, some would would argue maybe maybe not, but you probably find more people say that Chavez is the greatest Mexican fighter of all time. Uh, yeah, he, yep. So I mean, yeah. Even today, man, like even today, like and and you and you see the respect that. Oh man, let me tell you something. Yep, keep going. Mm-hmm. No, like you just see the respect that not only um, I mean I could go down the line of fighters that like would just like whether it's Cotto and or, or even De La Hoya and, and, and all these other fighters like they they confided him, you know, because like he's such a legendary figure, man. Like there's there's certain figures, um, like even in the United States, man. Like um, I mean I can't even say Michael Jackson because that's just like a, a, like all you know worldly type of figure, but. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, for, like, fans that are, like, younger fans, man, like, just do your research on Julio Cesar Chavez and just think – you you talk to any Mexican boxing fan, 
that has been watching boxing for at least like 30, 40 years, man, and they'll tell you all about Julio Cesar Chavez, man. I mean, if, if only his son could follow in, the, <laughs> in, in a fraction of his father's footsteps, man, we might have a, 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 pretty, a pretty damn good fighter, but... And you know what's funny? Yeah. I think about his son. His son, his son, honestly, man, is one of these guys that suffers from being a celebrity uh, kid. Yeah, kid. And the reason why is I think about what Michael Jordan parent, uh, kids at the door. Um, they went over to you know, they went from being basketball players, you know, in high school. And I remember they played against my cousin, um, shop Scoop Jardine. I went to Syracuse. Um, my cousin was like 50th in the nation. Wow. And it was crazy because when he played against when he played against Michael Jordan's son, you know, I mean, Michael Jordan's son was good. But I remember Michael Jordan that said something that made us all scratch our heads. I feel sorry for my sons. Well, why is that? They got to follow my footsteps. It's like crap. You know what I mean? So... When you think about Chavez Jr., it's like, you know, he got these posts up where he's training, and we always get on him for being like a lar behind. We don't know where he got his height from. You know, he's like 6'2", you know, but then it's like, well, crap, man, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, you're training. You got this got this nice-looking lady. You, you know, one minute you're, you're, you're Bob Marley. The next minute you're, you're dorm boy. Yeah, exactly. You're cereal, all types of stuff, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. You watching cartoons in your underwear, man, with a bowl of cereal? Like, like, where are you, man? And now, now's a situation where it's like you starting to take it seriously. Meanwhile, Chavez and already adopted Triple G. You know what I mean? So, you know, <laughs> he, he already got his adoption papers. He adopted Triple G, man. He, he didn't abandon. He didn't abandon. Um, Oh, he he's, gonna walk, he's gonna walk in his crib like where the is. He's like, what in the world? He's like, hey, listen, man, I didn't give Golovkin, I didn't give uh, Galati Golovkin your room, man. Um, you went through the basement. <laughs> <you know. laughs> that would be a hilarious skit, man. That'd be funny as hell, man. Yeah. So, but he has some. You know what? Like you said, he has some hard being that greatest Mexican boxer all the time. He has some very hard footsteps to follow, man. They're not easy footsteps, man. When you talk about how he was getting knocked down at one point in time and, you know, how he was, like, caught postponing fights, like, they like, man, this is a disgrace to the Chavez name. He would never do this, man. He would never do that. That's a lot of pressure on him, man. And and obviously, before he fought, or when he fought Sergio Martinez, we had given him a lot of credit, man, even though he's getting dogged by him. That twelfth round was something crazy. You know, he almost he almost took him out. He almost took him out, and we would have been that Chavez Junior legend would have grown from that point. But you know, unfortunately, man, this is where we are right now, and you know, we have you know his dad and his namesake still lives on, you know, because of how great he was, and obviously Duran's name lives on because you know we're still honoring him in movies and T-shirts and. um you know, I'm hoping that sooner or later, man, you know, I think I'm hoping that they, that Chavez Sr. is worthy enough to make a movie because I would be interested to see that movie. You know, when I first, you know, came on a scene with him, you know, it was when he was, like, fighting the Ellen Rosarios of the world and the Hector Camachos and, you know, uh, um, 
you know, obviously me for Purnell, that was like a little, little bit later on in 93, but, right, right. you know, and, and, and Mildred. So, you know, I would love to see like a story about him. And I'm going to tell you something that's interesting about him. We look at Duran now. Duran's loving life, man. He's cool with Chevette. He's cool with like the Four Kings. He's doing like, he's always smiling with Hearns, Hagler, and Leonard. You know, it looks like he's just like kind of like enjoying life. Man, you look at Chevette's page, man. You know, I had to, you know, my, my Spanish, you know, shout out to my Spanish teacher in, in, um, in, in 11th grade that told me to take Spanish 3 and then kicked me out. Um, <laughs> because I can't even read Chevette Sr.'s tweets. I got to press the translation button. <laughs> so, I, so, so I pressed the translation button. And, you know, one of the things I saw was basically, man, I run 10 miles a day. And he's running on treadmill. You see, he got this skinny waist. Yo, see when he's in, he, he still trains. Yeah, he still trains. And, like, you know, you're sitting here and you're like, oh, my goodness, man, this guy is really a machine. This guy is a machine, man. So... I would love to see a movie on him, man, because I know that when he was in his prime, he had to be something out of the Terminator, man, because if he's doing what he's doing now, him and Bernard Hopkins, man, I'm going to tell you, for just how advanced they are in their age and to really be, like, in fighting, what we call fighting shape, mm-hmm. you know, you know, shout out to Roberto. He's in fighting shape. You know, um, <laughs> you know, and I'm not out of shape. And Coltrane's not out of shape, but Roberto's in, you know, cardio fighting shape. Roberto. Every time we talk to Roberto, just to give you guys some type of inkling of what we're talking about, I hear weights clicking in the back. You know, <laughs> so I hear that he's in the gym. You know, so. But anyway, long story short, here's a guy, man. That although. I guess he's going to be like, I hate to say this, 49-0. Like, 49-0 is probably going to be one of those guys that just train, you know. Yeah. He just go out and train. And some of the elite basketball players, they said Kobe Bryant, they asked him, what are you doing in your retirement? He said, I still get up and, and go work out. You know, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, I guess that's just part of, that's a, that's a, believe it or not, that's the curse of being great, you know, that you basically are, are here and you're, you're just so, like, programmed to doing this that you're doing. I mean, who runs 10 miles on a treadmill every day? Are you kidding me? <laughs> how, old is he? how old is he now? He has to be 50, right? Yeah, about, yeah. 10 miles on a treadmill? He runs more than his son. His son is in this fighting, in this fighting phase. So... <laughs> I would, like I said, I just said all that to say I would love to see that whole movie on him because while Durant blew up to 200 pounds, Chavez Sr. never came into a fight, like, ill-prepared. You know, you yeah. never heard Chavez blowing up in between fights, and, you know, you and, and you never heard Chavez complain about people were running. You know, he right. cut off the ring effectively. This guy had great stamina. This guy would take a great punch, and this guy was a machine, so... Shout out to both guys, man, and I t- and I added them on IG on Instagram, and um, you know it was a it was a great it was a great opportunity to talk about that fight. So hopefully we can talk about you know something else in the future. I'm gonna let that fight marinate for about another day, 
And the reason why is because I sold out because Train put up two postings and I wanted them to catch some traffic and it kind of took me away from what I really wanted to do. But I think next week we're going to have something. And then if I um, clear it with the with, our, with the brain trust, that being Roberto and, and Coltrane, I think it should also be enjoyable as well. So thank you guys for commenting and thank you for everything for the what-if segment. Word up, word up, word up. Definitely a good one. Definitely a good one, man. So that's our show this week, man. Uh, like I said, the no major fights this uh, this uh, coming weekend and really October is going to be kind of, um, you know, <laughs> kind of shallow, really, man. Because, again, like, not to bring Danny Garcia up again, but, I mean, he was supposedly, you know, I've, whether it was Andre Berto or John Molina or whoever, he's supposed to have a fight in October. That's not going to happen. But I think that just sets our appetite up for November, which, man, I mean, again, like you had mentioned, too, I mean, this is a boxing show, but there's a major MMA card coming up as well in November. And in between um, Bomenchenko and Walters happening, Ward Kovalev happening, uh, you know, Pacquiao Vargas happening. And from what I was reading on the undercard, doesn't look too bad funny part about that though and i'm pretty sure some of you guys have already read it (laughs) screaming a (laughs) Stephen a smith is going to be one of the analysts on this pay-per-view as well as brian kenny um and because hbo has nothing to do with this this is going to be straight top rank and i think this is like what they should be doing anyway they should exclude hbo altogether if they want to really uh make their matchups and exclude like, you know, HBO for trying to be matchmakers themselves. As much as they talk about the UFC, that's what they're doing. They have their own model and they just run their own pay-per-views. Let's see if top rank is successful. Uh, I don't know how they will be with uh, the main event, but you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll kind of see, but um, November is stacked, man. And then December 10th, we're hearing, Rumors that uh, there is a potential uh, or almost a done deal with Gennady Golovkin and Daniel Jacobs that'll be for the WBA middleweight title. Um, not much, really, just rumors right now, but it looks as if it is going to happen. Um, unless something just ridiculous happens where one guy bows out, um, that looks like it will be cemented for December 10th in New York City. Um, I would like to attend that. That will, <laughs> that will be a fight on the East Coast to go to. Uh, that will be kind of like uh, a big crowd in New York City. But, you know, we'll we'll get an official word soon. But um, that's pretty much the show, man. Uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, at Guard Your Girl Boxing. You can follow me, uh, at Roberto underscore Flack, as well as on Twitter. We'll be back next week. We'll uh, be uh, discussing another legendary what is segment as well as just news and so forth leading up to uh november and there is fights on fox sports one some pbc cards uh that are taking place i believe as we speak as well as uh next tuesday but uh, we'll be back next tuesday and uh shout out to coltrane and the entire crew and uh we'll be back next week peace
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.